Ten years ago, on the night of October 31st, a small Midwestern town fell victim to an escaped killer. Under the cover of darkness, he carried out the most horrifying mass murder on record. Sixteen people in cold blood. Ever since that night, no one has forgotten his name. And Halloween has never been the same. Now, Michael Myers has come home. He has returned for one more night of unholy terror. here to kill that little girl and anybody who gets in his way. Oh, God. Who's going to be next? Ah! <laughs> Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. Maybe nobody knows how to stop it. Guys, remember that time when we, there was a, a serial killer running around the studio lot that we had to we had to track him down and get rid of him. Little did we know it was David the whole time, but on the studio lot. <laughs> on the, on studio. the studio lot wearing his mask and his I was I was killing kitchen knives and, and once that, a year. Scary it's shit, a, man. It's a ritual, I guess. I, I yeah, I and and you didn't know it was me for so long. It was like it was like uh, that movie Scream. I was and, I was around you the whole time. And really, yep. every year when the mystery gets solved and the mask is taken off and it's David, we all have a hearty laugh about it. And, yeah, and he's like, I could have gotten away with it. It wasn't for you kids. <laughs> we let like, bygones be bygones, and and we move on. Yeah, move on to Thanksgiving. Oh, and but we feast. Now that that's happened, there's uh, there's only one series we could be talking about as we, you know, just go right through the month of Shocktober here at Reconsideration. Uh, we're going to be talking about Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. Woo. Welcome. Welcome back to another episode of Reconsideration. I'm John Diner. I'm David Munchak. And I'm Brent Hutchins. And this is the podcast that takes a look back at some of your favorite films from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And welcome to the epic conclusion of Shocktober. We've had a fantastic month here at the studio. It's been a good one. We've covered oh, yeah. a lot of good flicks. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, started, we started early with The Fog, right? Uh, just a little bit before October. And then we right. sidetracked with, uh, to James Bond World with Goldfinger. And then back to Shocktober with... Uh, a look into Werewolf, the 1987 Fox TV pilot, uh, and a little bit about the series uh, with our our good friend Jay Blake Fischera of Scored to Death. And then we had to have one of our, our recurring guests back yet again with a look back at A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 with E.K. Wimmer. And that was a that was a ride, guys. That was a yeah, it's a good <laughs> month. Good month. Yeah. Short month. 
I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, guys, if you haven't heard it, check it out in the archives at www.reconsinimation.com. There's, uh, there's a lot to talk about in that one if you're not familiar with the movie. And those that are, I'm sure you'll have a good time listening back to that one. But, uh, but of course, it's our Halloween tradition that we've got to talk about the main entry into uh, the horror franchise, maybe, with Halloween. And we're up to part four. Halloween, yeah. Halloween four, Halloween four, the return. Thank goodness. Holy crap. Get those ridiculous part three Halloween masks out of here and bring bad, <laughs> bring back the best bad guy ever. Happy, happy Halloween, 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 happy, happy Halloween and I'm going to mute it. Is he, is he the best? horror bad guy ever is that what you're saying well he's what about pinhead it's oh no well hey look man i don't without michael myers you know the success and the existence of a lot of these other very famous Mm. uh horror slasher villains doesn't even happen so in in that context yeah i'd stand by him and leatherface as kind of the forefathers Mm. to all Mm -hmm. like slasher uh, villains. I mean, there were others, obviously, you know, you've got Anthony Perkins and Psycho and things like that. But I mean, this, the originally, the original Halloween made so much money. Like this really is what opened up this, the whole genre. So yeah, I stand, okay. I stand Pat. Who do you think guys, who do you think the Mount Rushmore of, of horror villains are Brent? Let's start with you. Who's the, who's the top four? Not even like your favorite, but who do you think the most iconic ones are? I mean, well, they're going to be my favorite. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's got to be Michael Myers. I think it's got to be Leatherface, Jason Voorhees, and Freddy Krueger. Like those are the those are the four that I would put there. Um, probably in that order. Okay, copy that. Oh, oh. So David, what do you, you think? It. Popularity wise, uh, you know, just worldwide renown uh, of horror villains. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the ghoulies, you got to throw a ghoulie up there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Coming out of the toilet. Yep. Yeah. They all, <laughs> that's like, it. Straight from the poster, you know. So that's definitely one. Uh, I mean, Freddie, Freddie's, uh, he's an icon, uh, big, big fan. Uh, and I'd probably just put Michael and Jason. So it's it's Freddie, Michael, Jason, Jason and, and the ghoulies. <laughs> That's my Mount Rushmore. I think you nailed it. I, I think you totally nailed it. I think I need to <laughs> amend mine. <laughs> you want think, the ghoulies in there? Yeah. <laughs> I think that fourth, I, yeah. that fourth spot is, you know, it's debatable. It could be Leatherface. I think a lot Leather of people face. would say Pinhead. I think um, Chucky, some people maybe? might even say Chucky. Right Chucky. Down. Yep. Candyman. Maybe. Oh, Candyman. Candy. Yeah. What about Hannibal Lecter? Hannibal Lecter. Lecter. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> Sounds like a college professor. <laughs> like a I garbage pal kid. Yeah. Like college. Professor. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> garbage pal kids, where it was like smelly. Ellie, Adam Ellie, Ellie, Adam yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mad Max, and I just yeah. bought some of those. So, like, my son is like super into baseball cards right now. So, we went to a baseball card shop to get him some packs, and they have 
35th anniversary garbage pail kids. And I saw them and I immediately was like, Oh, I got to get some. So I bought, you know, a, a few of them and it was kind of funny to go back and, and uh, look through them. Oh, that did, did you get brainy Brian? Uh, no, didn't get brainy Brian. Uh, I'd have to go get them. I'm so bad. There's so many because now they're, <laughs> can't. I can't remember any of them, but because they're like every pack had came with like doubles, they all have their alternative names. So, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, Anyway. I wouldn't expect you to be able to just name drop the garbage no, pill kids name, that you recently got. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I did see the I did see the movie as a birthday experience as a child in the theater. I was yeah. a pretty big fan. Was that uh, was Mackenzie Aston in that? Was he the main guy He's, in Garbage Pail Kids? You're oh. beyond me now. That's wow. I, I was there. I, I, I just I worked young. with him, but uh, it didn't come up in conversation. It probably should have. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you didn't mention garbage pill kids. I know what's <laughs> wrong be. with me. You failed. You got to keep that job because <laughs> I don't. He's in it, Mackenzie. Asked. Yeah. It would have really been terrible if I did bring it up and he wasn't in the movie. That would have been. Yeah. It's like what a are you saying? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's that time of year around the studio a lot. I love I love this time of year, and I know David does too. The the yeah. leaves have changed colors. They're dropping. It's moody. It's gray. Uh, it's uh, it's the perfect time to watch a Halloween movie. So, yeah, get, um, get some hot soup. Together. Yeah, hot soup. Yeah, yeah. and then go. get get the candy get ready. Blanket, and then get the candy. The decorations are are up all over the place. There's parts of this studio lot uh, that are too scary for most employees to go through. So the boiler room. That's yeah, fun. I mean David yeah. does a great job every year of the deck. He's decorates for halloween thanksgiving christmas labor day and arbor day and really goes to town and uh but for this this holiday in particular employees just stay away from certain wings of the of the studio lot so it's true that's Safe that work that just way. doesn't get done it's if they go where they're, they're not supposed to they get hit with hot soup so yeah that's <laughs> just like the halloween pranksters the hot pea soup and the exorcist wing yeah got it Oh, the Exorcist. Just, there's another, you know. There's yeah. One. Yeah, the devil, maybe the ultimate villain, or eh. was it like a, was it a lower demon in the Exorcist? Did it it's have a, a name? lower lower demon? Yeah, I I don't think they define it really. It's just it's bad know, news. Yeah, it's not good. Poor Regan. Poor they're about Regan. to. I think they're aren't they about to just reset that whole franchise and start over again? When, when aren't they? Yeah, that's true. Why not? Fair enough. People love possession. Yeah, it seems to be awful. People love like a re- good possession. I loved Repossessed. I thought that was. I thought that was one of the <laughs> was great. best movies. That's so up your alley, David. Oh, I adored that, and I hadn't seen The Exorcist. Like I just, it just so it was just a fun little movie. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna, David. We're gonna watch The Exorcist because again, it's like the thing. It's one of those movies that's not just a horror movie. It's a great. It's a great movie. So, yeah, it is. Uh, kind of uh, like Halloween Four: Return yeah. of Michael Myers. So. I lift my eyebrow to that. Now, I think everybody listening should pause this episode right now and go back into the archives and chronologically listen to our our coverage on Halloween, Halloween Two, Halloween Three, uh, and get caught up so they know where we're coming from as we head into this installment. Yes. Yeah. Get caught up. Right, and I- now, welcome back. 
Um, all right. So Halloween four, uh, Brent, when was the first time you saw this one? You catch this, this is what 88. So probably not in the theater, I'm guessing, right? No, not in the theater. I definitely saw it as a kid, but it's one of those entries into the film franchise. That's fairly benign and easily forgotten. So I can't wow. really out the gate. Yeah, I can't. I'm not going to pull punches. Sorry. I, I, I'm really glad that Michael Myers is back, although we'll talk a little bit about this version of him, mm-hmm. I'm sure, at some point, And I've got thoughts on that, too. But mm. this is, you know, I, I don't remember exactly when I saw it, but nothing. Nothing about this movie really stands out, so it's just not very memorable you know so i don't really you know it's hard to recall exactly when i certainly saw it i saw you know uh probably as close to when it released on home video as as possible you know probably 89 maybe 90 if i'm pushing it but Mm -hmm. definitely um would have seen it uh but again it doesn't really hold any there's not a lot of weight to this one yeah Okay, understood. Uh, I'm not far from your opinion, and we're going to dive into that. But yeah, I know, I know. We'll get yeah. it. We'll get into. Oh this. yeah, we'll get in the nitty gritty. David, what about you? Is this uh, first time viewing for you? Uh, yep, just saw it for the first time this week. Modern perspective. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> and you loved it, and uh, that's the episode. It's so. it, it, it's uh, it ranks at nine point eight. Get wow. on the board. Yeah. <laughs> It go. does not Mark that down. It does not rank that high. But it was uh, all right. Yeah, cool. it was a it was a fun little tale. I'll yeah. tell you. Yeah. Um. All right. I saw this. Gosh, when was the first time? So I got into the Halloween franchise a little bit later. This was you know ninety six when I started working at Suncoast, and that's when I really started my uh, videotape and laserdisc collection. Um. So I was just like you know every paycheck it was like at least half of it was going right back to suncoast so sure um but uh i remember i I got really into halloween one and two in 1995 uh, the summer of 95 skipped over three as we talked about in that episode and then finally uh four and four five and six i got into i remember uh hanging out with my friend chris after school uh, his house was right by our high school. So after school, we'd grab one. We'd, I'd bring a tape with me and we we'd usually a horror movie and we'd go back to his house and, you know, watch something after school. We'd went through all the Halloween movies. So uh, that was the first time I saw this one. And I for a long time, I really loved it. I, I thought this was a strong Halloween entry because it was in general taking it back to, in a sense, what made Halloween work. Now, I haven't seen it in, I don't know, maybe 15, 16 years, something like that. And watching it now, I have a very different opinion. Um, it's, yeah, uh, I was going to say, do you still feel like it is uh, heart, like coming back to what made the first two work? Because I would say that this one is heavily influenced by movies that the first two heavily influenced correct but are not nearly on the same playing field really when it comes to like just filmmaking experience you yeah. know or film watching experience well i think 
part of the reason why I liked it so much at the time was at the time it was only one through six. So when sure. that's your barometer, this is one of the stronger ones. But since then, especially seeing the reboot, um, that was, again, we covered that as well in the archives, you know, fairly strong. I felt like they had a couple things that did, didn't work for me, but overall, I thought that was a really solid movie and a, a good way to bring that back and take it back to a really serious, ominous, dark place that Halloween should always live in. Uh, yeah. So that, of course, will weaken a movie like this. Yeah, it's been so long since I've seen that since I had seen four, five and six. Like, I remember six because Paul Rudd's in it. And like, you know, I like Paul Rudd now. And that like, that's that's like it stands out to me. <laughs> but like having seen four, I'm tr- I'm trying to recall five. And I'm not sure that I. I guess next year. Yeah, it'll be exciting to. To see to see it again, probably with a, a a a very familiar kind of perspective as as this one. But yeah, yeah, I I wonder this one. I felt like was a little con having now that the the reboot has started and and you know like they've ignored basically four three four five six two, all of them two yeah two through you know yeah they've they've eight, ignored. Like- all of them like this one now, especially having not seen it for a while, it gets very confusing a little bit for me because it's like, oh, wait, this is so Jamie is Lori's daughter, but it's not the Lori's daughter that's in the reboot. It's a different person and right. Lori's dead. But wait, she's in H2O, so she's not really dead. Like there's just like taking all this information in now living in the post like four, five, and six era when all this stuff is happening. Like, it's just, it's a little bit much to, un, un, you know, to peel. Yeah. To, well, to untangle. All this lore. All this non-canonical lore. Yeah. Screws everything up. It's like Star Wars. Uh, yeah. The books. <laughs> the, the right. Extended right. universe. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same... I couldn't quite process. I forgot the second movie kind of revealed the the brother sister connection mm-hmm. between them, which was supposed to be in the first one, right? Something like that, or well, they added it in the first one. They what what they added that in at, for the TV version of the first oh, one, which right. was being sh- they shot it during Halloween two and used those scenes for the TV cut of Halloween one. Got it. That's right. And then they made it. Then they made it real. In the second one, right? Right. Is this like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so like we, it's like a major plot line in the second film. That's right. That's right. Uh, in the hospital, yeah, hospital, right? hospital. Um. So yeah, we're back in Haddonfield, Illinois. Uh, this, yeah, this was. I could see it was like sort of like let's try to let's try to do Halloween one over, but not not do it the same way. <laughs> like, like, yeah, stylistically uh, and, and mood wise, everything. It's like the, it's not a Halloween movie. Like, like well, at right. all. It's the, like, like you said, Brett, it's like, it's being influenced by the movies it influenced. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, Oh, we, we know we want to bring Michael Myers back because three didn't do as well without him. So we need him because he's really the face of the franchise, yeah. but then they're trying to catch up with where, slasher movies have ended up like with Jason Voorhees and kind of like this, you know, um, I don't know this, the, the kind of 
what's the word like um supernatural killer kind of kind of approach yeah. and you know it just doesn't work like you know, especially in 88 when when like a lot of the a lot of the success i think of the early friday the 13th movies were not only riding off like the the excitement of what halloween had kind of presented but also the fact that you can do like these gory kills and like have all this stuff but like 88 there's so much going on like that's like anti-gore and and you know like they're really trying to tone down violence and and things like that in these movies that you can't really you can't really establish yourself as as you know a Voorhees influenced Michael Myers because you don't have you don't have the ability to to show the same things that you did and they're not creative enough to get away with what how they did it in in the original movie you know where it's like all very implied but so well crafted that it's you think it's a lot worse than it really mm-hmm. really is um just because of the 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 storyteller behind behind the film you know yeah. so uh yeah this one just yeah this one uh, feels the loss of John Carpenter and Deborah Hill big time. Definitely. And the crew, you know, Dean Cundy is the DP. It's just, it's a complete, uh, you know, tonal shift, but I think you, you hit the nail on the head. So let's set the table. Where are we in 1988 as this movie's uh, coming about? Um, Halloween three was a complete departure. As we discussed that the franchise takes a complete right turn and uh, has nothing to do with Michael Myers. It's it's trying to set up a new series of of you know an event that happens each Halloween that's completely separate from the others and and just turning away from the Michael Myers section of it. And um, you know they didn't want to continue, or John Carpenter did not want to continue this franchise of this one killer. Not interested in that. He's barely interested in sequels at all. Um, except for Escape from L.A., I guess. Uh, thank God that was made. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know where we'd be without it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, the fans really reacted so negatively to Halloween 3. Um, and, and again, we discussed it in detail of, like, how some of us have really turned around on it and, and have some love for it. Some of us don't, Brent. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, but the thing is, is part four makes you appreciate part three a little bit more. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> But I think you can see now look at the difference and and you can see that, you know, Carpenter and his team's involvement in three big difference without them. I I agree. But at the same time, like I say that kind of joking that about that, but also like because they spent their time doing part three and trying to depart, I think that's what makes his coming back in part four weak because they are trying to emulate something that now is like years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Like when was the last time we saw Michael, Mar- Michael Myers, right? It was 1981. 81. Okay. So 81 to 88, right? So yeah. like by that time, you've got all the Jason Voorhees movies. You've got Freddy Krueger and, and the Nightmare movies. Like Hellraiser. you're trying to, yeah, you're trying to compete with all those and you're no longer you're no longer setting the bar. You're like trying to catch up with the thing that you created. And it's, it's just like really a miss, but if they had just kind of instead 
of doing it that way. And in, and part three was more of Michael Myers tale. They'd be more on the leading forefront than they are on the catch up. Right. You know? And so like, yeah, seeing part four does make me appreciate part three, but I still think uh, part three is garbage All right. I'm, and, I'm... and heavily to blame for why part four is garbage as well. Yeah. Well, you know, it's time had really passed Michael Myers by. And, and I think you're totally right that, you know, this movie is is trying to be uh, like a Friday the 13th movie and not really be a Halloween movie or, or a Michael Myers movie. Like right. his character had changed. The tone had changed. You go into the well again and they would continue to go to the well and you'll see what happens to the franchise after this yeah. one <laughs> and where it goes. But uh well, and they don't even do a good job of trying to recreate the like the um the tone the, like well not, the tone yeah but I'm thinking even like the character you know like if you're gonna create if you're gonna try and follow like uh, a Jason Voorhees like you want your your killer to look like very foreboding and mm-hmm. and and honestly like this the the person in the mask in this movie like at times like it's just kind of laughable because it feel like i see scenes where it looks like literally they have stuffed him with like padding to try and make the character look true. big like there are scenes yep. like where his shoulder he looks like he's wearing like oh. shoulder pads yep. like football shoulder pads and i'm like this is just goofy looking you know mm-hmm. like he doesn't look really as menacing as as i think they wanted him to and the mask doesn't play as well like there's a lot of things that just subtle differences to the mask made a big difference in and how like foreboding the character comes across huge for sure. <clears throat> huge um i have big time problems with this particular michael myers and the mask and yeah. uh it's it, uh it's a lot that doesn't work but i just dialing back for one second, Mustafa Akkad, the producer uh, of the series, I it doesn't surprise me at all that after the misfire of Halloween 3 that they want to bring Michael Myers back. Obviously, it took sure. a long time to do it, but um, that's that's no surprise. They're like, all right, let's go back to what worked, you know, especially as those other characters are becoming so popular. So, you know, so he's going to go for that. And um at the same time, Canon Films, of all people, go to Carpenter to make Halloween 4, who's not really interested. He, he is already doing his own career. He's <clears throat> Big Trouble in Little China. They Live has come out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so he hires, uh, Akkad hires, or sorry, Carpenter turned to Dennis Atchison to write the script for Halloween 4, which is really interesting because... I would have really liked to have seen this version of the movie get made. Maybe it still could, but uh, it's a continuation after Halloween 2 and Haddonfield has rejected the entire holiday of Halloween and banned it that there's no celebrating, no acknowledging it. Everything is sort of hidden. And it becomes this theme of repression versus the acknowledgement of evil. And it's, it's sort of an analogy to what was happening with the MPAA and horror films of this over censoring by 1988 
uh, as we'll see the other franchises get censored more and more, especially Friday the 13th, uh, that the gore is out. And then you're doing these weak kills where you don't see anything happen. They're these super violent insinuations of kills. Uh, so, and then eventually, you know, the townspeople revolt and somehow Michael Myers, the shape or at least does make an appearance. So would have been interesting to see that, but uh, Akkad said, no, no way. We need a straightforward uh, killer, just like the first movie. Um, and Carpenter and Deborah Hill uh, sell off their ownership rights. And that did not include Etchinson's script. And Akkad uh, turned to Dwight Little as director and Alan B. McElroy to write the script. Now, McElroy is just coming off of, he's basically, this is his first film. Yikes. So that's kind of getting thrown right into the fire. Yeah. You write, write a successful franchise sequel movie. Yeah. Uh, a comeback too like a comeback yeah like this has got to be iconic it's got to be big (laughs) we want it to sell more tickets than ever yeah go ahead you got this yeah no pressure it's uh, you're good (laughs) and uh, let me just add in uh there's a writer's strike looming so he has to do all of this in 11 days from oh from pitch from pitch to final script in 11 days executive approval everything yeah it's yeah i mean talk mm-hmm. about having the stack decked against you or the yeah. deck stacked against you i mean kudos to kudos to him I, I i will say like if that's what they're working with obviously they're not going to have had time to work out the script problems or, or make right. it better you know and that's what this feels like is like sort of a first draft almost um yeah. But uh, that's what they're going with. And, and that's the version that we saw on screen. And, and there were some, his script did have a bigger ending where the Sheriff Meeker's house, Sheriff Meeker gets killed in the house and, and the house gets lit, lit on fire. And they're, you know, the climactic scene between uh, Jamie and, and Michael is, is on the roof while it's on fire. And of course, the budget was not going to allow that. So. <laughs> So we saw, you know, what we ended up with, but um, I don't know. Well, let's, let's get into like, what doesn't, you know, I think we're all on the same page that this movie has a lot of issues um, and let's get into what doesn't work. Let's, let's go back to what you were talking about, Brent, Michael Myers himself. So George P. Wilbur is uh, a longtime stunt man who, which wasn't uncommon for a stunt man to play Michael Myers. That, that made sense. I think Dick Warlock, who's a legendary stuntman, did a great job with it in the second movie. But it's a whole his stature is entirely different, um, just a different body language. Uh, we did talk about it in Nightmare on Elm Street, too, when they tried to replace Robert England. And we saw one shot with it where it was clearly yeah. not England. Um, and there's a shot in this movie, too. I don't know if you guys caught it where I guess they were using a completely different mask for, for a period of time. And with like blonde hair and there's a shot when they're in the school and Michael throws Donald Pleasance through the door. If you look at Michael, he's got like his hair is. Oh yeah. I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like right. in. It stuck out. Yeah. It was very noticeable. So um, I think they, I, I had heard that they tried to use the mask, the original mask, but it had worn down too much and wasn't really wearable anymore. Uh, But what happened like this mask is 
nothing yeah, like it doesn't they work. They can't recast that. Like they can't, you know, you can't recreate it because the one that they did is not even. It's not William Shatner. Like that's the thing. The mask is a William Shatner. Uh, was right, it a the side side T.J. Hooker? Was it? Was this? I think this was before was T.J. It, Hooker, but... or was it Captain Kirk? And he was, and he had the sideburns and and eyebrows removed, right. and they painted it white. Right. And that was Perfect. it. And yeah. it's great. <laughs> and this one, like, is just strange. Like, even the material, like, seems more like plastic. Like, it's get it, it gives like this plastic reflection that is just, I don't know. Like, it's you know, like it it, it takes me out of. It yeah. being scary and it's, it's just it's the spencer gifts version of the right. of the mask it just seems cheap that like cheaped up you know like it's just a kind of a very knockoff version yeah yeah it's it just yeah michael is just unrecognizable uh, the shape is just unrecognizable he seems like a thinner clunkier like a just weirdly designed you know facsimile so yeah that's exactly right i mean yeah once you once you i mean there's just no way the the uh they have the same body types like like at all so and then again like you see just kind of you know it just seems smaller small of stature small of frame i don't know like he doesn't seem that menacing when all these franchises like they they keep running into this issue and nightmare on elm street's the only one that does it right that they spent the money and got Robert Kept England. The guy. Yeah. yeah. Every movie and it works. You know, well, right. That, I mean, there's a lot talk. of personality right. with that character, too, though, that comes with Robert England. Sure. You know, but I think that there, you know, that being said, like there's obviously a lot of personality in how you, you know, your stature and how you move. And, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. Th- there are there body are, language. Yeah. I mean, there are actors that, you know, get paid great money today yeah. just based off the fact that they're body actors, you know? Well, here's the difference too. Nick Castle, who did it in the first movie is, I guess, you know, he's really a director, but at the time was doing some acting as well. So not a stunt person. And this is nothing against stunt people, but Dick Warlock was obviously a stunt person, but did some acting as well. George Wilbur here, I think strictly a stunt person. So not as just not as strong performance wise. It just didn't have that energy. Yeah. He's trained in the art of taking a hit, taking a fall, not, not like in body movement necessarily. Right. Like there was, you know, those moments in the first movie and the second where like Michael just turns, like all he has to do is turn and look at you or, you know, and, and that's all it took and you get chills. I've watched the first movie. I don't know how many times. And I still like some of those moments, like when he just appears out of the shadow right behind Jamie Lee Curtis in the house, like right next to the stairs. Uh, just that is like that. That's something that you can picture in the middle of the night going, you know, getting up and walking to the bathroom or walking to the kitchen. Like you can picture that happening. And that's, that's horrifying. <laughs> uh, but this, it's like, this dude looks silly. Like you'd laugh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was sort of like throughout this whole movie, I think I was just like, I think I was really bored. Like I think the entire time, like this was like this, this it's slow. It's slow. And, and it doesn't, it, it there's nothing that grab you. And then I don't know, just, uh, yeah. and having, I don't know, two having a minor child being 
uh, almost killed like a thousand times or at least and just screaming her head off all the time i'm like i don't know how many times she can scream and cry yeah. and i'm like i'm sick of kind of watching <laughs> this like 10 year old girl or whatever like screaming that she's gonna die uh without you know because because it's again he, he doesn't seem like that big of a threat he's obviously he's killing people but like the way it's presented isn't even a lot of those kills are just nothing they're just nothing like yeah you yeah know, I, mean, I don't know it doesn't even seem like a real threat so then it's just sort of like i don't know like I, I, there was nothing enga- exciting or engaging about this for me and you know how i love horror movies uh, yeah so. I, we all know yeah <laughs> so if i can't if i can't get on board well and and i just felt bad for jamie like i, I felt sad for her character that like yeah. nobody's really helping her she's dealing with a lot of trauma of of you know her mother's death and knowing what happened with michael myers and feeling this sense that he's coming for her you know with really having no clue no actual physical evidence of that like that kid's got some mental health problems and mm-hmm. that somebody needs to deal with and nobody is actually like really connecting with her or talking to her or, or seeing what's happening there yeah she continues to have these like reoccurring visions that everybody seems to be sort of aware of but like at no point is she talking like do they take her to go see a doctor or have a conversation with a professional about the trauma that she's, you know, uh, undergone, you know, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's. But Brent, Rachel's got a date with Brady. So that's, I mean, we all know that's priority. Very important. (laughs) So, and that, that brings me to a lot of, okay, let's move away from Michael for a minute. Do we actually like, any of these characters when, when you look back at the first movie i felt like you like you like laurie strode you want her to survive there's something about jamie lee curtis and and that character that seems just a young kid like you she's giving you no reason to want to see her die right. whereas these people like off the bat you don't really know them at all like do we like rachel what do you know. guys think? Do we do we not? Do we? I mean, I I, she's kind care? of like yeah. she's fine. I don't know. <laughs> she's got she's just caught up in all this mess. I mean, her interest, like she's definitely her focus is on her own personal relationship with Brady over any anything else. I think with the original movie, they they never give you anybody to like intentionally dislike. Like there's you know whereas other than michael myers of course and right so with this one though there's a bunch of like people that are kind of douchey shwarmy you know and yeah. you're like uh okay I mean, you, right you off died. the bat like brady is you can tell that you can tell he's gonna cheat on her with uh kathleen kinmont like right away 100 yeah <laughs> no question yeah um you know where that's going so and I mean, then you just look at that guy and he's like yeah he's not he's just looking right he's not a one woman man no yeah no no uh and you know rachel's just really dealing with jamie because she's forced to uh, although she doesn't seem like a bad person she's just a high schooler you know that yeah is- i mean she feels bad when jamie overhears her saying that she's got to go on the, the date like you know like obviously i don't think she's like intentionally trying to hurt her feelings but she's totally self-centered and like what 
is driving her, you know, throughout the, the course of this, at least the first half of the movie. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, she's not necessarily the role model or the heroine that you want, like protecting Jamie. Right. Right. She's, why would we, she hasn't shown us that she's up to the standards of being a person to root for, you yeah. know, like, it's like, okay. Like you're not selfless. Like you're not, you know, I mean, it's just like, I don't know, pretty simple things that you're kind of hoping for from your, from the person that you're cheering for. Yeah. In these, in these type of movies. Well, and, and this, this movie marks the shift of the franchise from Jamie Lee Curtis to Donald Pleasance. So now we're entering like, he's the lead. He's the star is the sort of like the beginning of a, of a trilogy, the 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 Doctor Loomis trilogy here. Oh, is um, he in the next two? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But oh, he boy. doesn't even show up till like thirty minutes into this movie. You know, like right, like they right. talk about him, but he doesn't show up until the gas station. Right, I think isn't that like the first time we? No, we see him. Uh, no, we see him before that. It's right okay, after okay. he goes to the ambulance. He goes to Michael Pataki and and like says like you you let him out you didn't even like okay it with me you know right right okay Uh, or you transferred him so we see him within 10 15 minutes i don't understand why he's not if they're gonna transfer it doesn't make patient michael myers like first of all why why do you even need to transfer exactly but like whatever like we're we're okay with this type of nonsense but like why wouldn't donald pleasance be there for that there's so much, you know, they try to cover it like they they Michael Pataki's character mentions that he's Dr. Loomis is is his doctor in name only. He's basically just holding a title position and doesn't have any authority, but they duck over that pretty quickly. Um, I don't you know. To me, Dr. Loomis in this feels like the boy who cried wolf. You know, it's like, how many times can we just do the same Dr. Loomis thing? This is the third time of what will become, you know, five right. times. Right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We play in the same notes um, without much, much of a change. There's that moment where he's uh, riding in the car with that old priest who yeah. Conan O'Brien would refer to as old, Oldie Olson. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting scene. Like yeah, where you see him laugh a little bit, like he yeah, shows... he's like laughing, like a like a weird smirk. He's like yeah. drinking out of this dude's fifth of whiskey. That he's yeah. just like, okay, <laughs> all right, this is important. Yeah, question I think, mark. I think it's an attempt to just show Loomis is not just a one note raving lunatic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like this little break he get, he gets to have. Yeah. Um, but- but by showing they do that by showing him like bonding with another guy who seems like a raving lunatic. Right. And then and then like the closeout scene is Loomis looking over at the guy, a raving lunatic with this really like peculiar smile, you know, like it does like it's not like. It's almost a giddy enjoyment, you know, like it's a weird, weird, like, yeah. Showing of of. I don't know. It, it, yeah. I mean, I like Loomis in this. I like Loomis in all of them. I, think I, I do too. Donald I mean, Pleasance is great, but like, it's just a kind of a strange scene. 
I, I'm okay with Loomis personally, but I can see that like, again, it's just, it's, it's a struggle for the movie as a whole, yeah. but um, uh, yeah. And then the transferring of, of Michael Myers, like the whole thing is, doesn't make sense. Like you're, you're, why are you transferring him? And on top of that, why on earth would you not strap this dude? Who's like the worst serial killer, most dangerous person yeah, he's been in a coma for 10 years or whatever, but like take the precaution of strapping his, his arms down. Like, sure. <laughs> Even if it's for safety reasons, you right. know, like, well, it would be like, yeah, like, it would secure the per anyone in an ambulance. You secure them. They're not rolling around in there, but, <laughs> and then they immediately pay for it. Like they're love they, like these sensibilities. They had just left the hospital and like Myers is up and, poking his thumb through the dude's forehead <laughs> yeah um yeah so i don't know there's a lot of logic logistical issues there that jumped out right away that like ah oh, come on there's ways to like t- just tighten that up that could have been avoided yeah it's just like let's get him to haddonfield as quickly as possible yeah and that's yep. that's mustafa cod right there like yeah just get him there get the knife in his hand get him get get the mask on and get him around the the teenagers so yeah, yeah. yeah. um you know the 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 sequence at the gas station where where donald pleasance becomes an action star of somebody half his age like um that sequence you could see that echoed like almost identically in the new movie in the, the 2018 movie because hmm. there's yeah, that that uh, the right. same thing they the 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 podcaster and you know the two podcasters like come to that gas station and it's literally like the same thing that's where he gets his mask and they find the body behind the counter and uh have their confrontation there so uh you could still see a little inspiration coming from this movie so yeah yeah uh you know you're on the road. What are you going to do? You go to a gas station, get your supplies. Yeah. Kill some people. And he happened to stop at the same one where Michael Myers was still at. Yeah. How about that? He's fine. He was hot on the trail. It's the only, it's the only gas station for like 40 miles. They had to, had to uh, I guess that, that's, that's possible in that, you know, Illinois and those fields, like they're not all over the place. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Having driven through some desolate areas myself, <laughs> I will say there are places where really there's only one stopping spot. Yeah, that's true. Especially in 1988. Yeah, I guess. All right, fine. I'll give it. I'll I'll, I'll back off on that one. I mean, like he's, you know, he, he would just follow the most direct route from the sanitarium to Haddonfield, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, Loomis has no, like, he's not confused about where this dude's going. Like, it's, Oh, not at, at all. At, at no point is like, where's Michael going? Like he knows exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like Michael's going to Haddonfield 100% the whole time. So he's just, what's the quickest route from A to B? Fired right. Google Maps took took the route. <laughs> That's yeah. Right. That's, it, it gets you there. Michael probably had his his iPhone and uh, just plugged it in, and that that'd be cool. Michael do a little spinoff. <laughs> Michael and current modern technology. Yeah, just Michael Myers navigating a uh, an, a MacBook Air. Michael Myers and Alexa, the new relationship for the ages. Yeah. 
they're gonna they're gonna do those in in the next round of reboots of the scary movie franchise oh yeah just gonna because all the <laughs> scary movies have been rebooted they now have to reboot the scary movie franchise yeah that's right that's right um what did you guys think so so uh loomis gets to haddonfield goes right for the police station um what did you think about sheriff meeker played by Bo star who uh we have seen in movies like goodfellas as uh henry hill's dad in the opening sequences but um uh sheriff meeker versus sheriff brackett played by charles cyphers who is one of john carpenter's uh regular players um how do you feel about the difference between those sheriffs I'm, I'm glad he was just like pretty much on board after only a couple minutes of convincing. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think he's as strong, but I, he didn't bother me, but yeah, it didn't, it doesn't, it didn't take him long to be like, yeah, okay, let's, I'm with you, Loomis. Let's go. I, and I like that. Like, I like that. Like, yeah. all right. In the world of this story, this town has been through this horrible trauma twice now um, that, yeah, like they would be, like if someone came and said that they would probably take their, their, their word for it, that, yeah, yeah. this is a thing. So it took what, like, like a minute and a half and they're like, all right, let, we'll go check it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas your typical horror movie, the sheriff is like almost always the one who doesn't believe it isn't, you know, or is real slow to come around. So right. 20 yeah. more people die. And then yeah. finally he's like, Oh, Oh, we better do something. Yeah. And then you get Myers just like slaughtering people. You don't even see it in the sheriff's station. They come back later and all of those sheriffs are, 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 you know, the police are all, they're just bodies everywhere. And you can see like limbs are cut off and like, what did he do to these people? Yeah. We'll never know. And it's like, that's, that doesn't really that it's, it's kind of, it's threatening, I guess, but it's not like, it doesn't feel scary. He's just like a giant force, like oh, he's, he's a tornado. Like, well, the, but not, but not like, not in the way like the shape is threatening. Yeah, you know exactly. Like, like this is just some random shit that's going on. The thing that is so scary about Michael Myers in the first movie and a little bit in the second is that he's watching and the spying and the like planning and and the just observing and and almost in broad daylight and no one sees him. Like yeah. that eerie, it's almost like a mystic like sism thing. This like that he can be in broad daylight and not be seen, and just with that blank expression, just those those you know around the hedge in the first movie where he's watching her walk right. away. That's like one of the creepiest things, and it's a very like that is a realistic thing that unfortunately happens. Um, right. And this My- Michael Myers is the Jason Voorhees version of Michael Myers, where it's just this indestructible force who's just killing anything in its path and doesn't matter. Um, I think the the current version of Michael Myers is sort of a blend of the two mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. in the new film, I really enjoyed the sequence where he's walking through like everybody's out on the street, all the kids and the parents are all trick or treating and he's walking right through them. And just like going around down a driveway into a house, killing somebody out, you know, yeah. it's it's like that's creepy. Um, but you know, he's super violent in the new movie, so it's you yeah. get a little bit of the Jason thing. 
I am kind of interested to see the payoff for how he survives the burning house. It yeah, it makes sense. But <laughs> well, it'll honestly probably be like this one that they just, you know, this one they write off that. I mean, the end of Halloween too is a massive explosion of which. Loomis and Myers are at the epicenter, <laughs> standing yeah. next to the gas canisters. Right. As well, at least Loomis, Loomis has a burn on his face in this one. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, like, Myers went to a coma. Yeah. Well, and you have to imagine under his mask because, I mean, when he's in the coma in the hospital, his face is all wrapped up. Because even though he was burnt ten years ago, there's still it's still healing. Yeah. So. So his face is all wrapped up in gauze. So you, you assume that he's all burnt and, and toasty. Yeah. And and plus Loomis just just survives, just got some 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 scarring there, but that's it. And yeah, that's like that's insane to me. But they just move on right away. They don't yeah, let's not even focus on it. And I wanna say that in five and six that the scarring on Loomis is like less and less each movie. Right. I could it, be wrong. Though, it was but. less and less throughout this movie. Like the <laughs> yeah. first time you see him, he, he looked kind of mangled. And then like later on, it's just sort of like he's just they've applied something to his yeah. cheek. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. It's he like doesn't look pancake. disfigured. Yeah. It's just at that point where he's really turned the corner on the healing process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. So, the, you know, we've said it that this Mi- Michael is just so different than than the Michael that that we all fell in love with. Right. Well, at least set the bar. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So, yeah, there was, uh, let's see, there was some other, I think, sequences where, what what do you guys think about the, uh, supposedly in losing the big sequence at the end uh, with the Meeker house on fire, they replaced uh, some of that with adding this love triangle storyline. So now I love Sasha Jensen, who plays Brady, is one of my favorite parts about Dazed and Confused. Fantastic 100%. in that movie. Uh, I was but, excited to see him in this. I was like, oh, yeah, it's Sasha. Yeah. But I totally here, forgot his Brady is like, you, you know, you're back and forth that like, you know, he's kind of skeevy and cheats on uh, Rachel, but I guess then tries to like earn back some kind of honor at the end as uh, you know, he, he uh, gets some courage, sure. but I don't know. What do you think about that storyline? Do you feel that soap opera thing was necessary? Not at all. It's just to create some tension when they all have to be together. Like yeah. it's not, you know, it's just, it's just the artificial thing that doesn't really work because what, who cares in, in that house at the end i was definitely worried about what was going to happen happen when rachel and that girl confronted each other not worried yeah. about michael myers just just yeah. worried about th- that meeting yeah i mean like, oh, i no. feel like i feel like rachel could have just been the sheriff's daughter and yeah. like you don't even yeah. need that character you know i mean it's just yeah what was what point did she serve other than i mean i, I honestly i don't know yeah, no, I mean you could have you could have done without that character. And oh, so you could have done without right. I think you're totally right. You could have done without the Kathleen Kinmont character. You could right. have done without Rachel's parents and just merged all that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And then it would make sense. Then there'd be some more depth to it, right? Because Sheriff Meeker adopts 
Jamie, you know, Laurie Strode's daughter, partially because of like feeling some kind of responsibility of what happened that, you know, that there's, then there's like a connection between the two of them. Look at this. We're rewriting. Oh my goodness. It's already better. Like (laughs) Halloween four redux right here. Let's do it. Um, yeah, I, I like a lot of these actors. I like both star as an actor. I, I think Danielle Harris is actually great as Jamie. I think she oh, sure. does. Oh, yeah, she, she's good. She was everywhere, too. Wasn't she like it, I felt like every sitcom she like it was like Full House and whatever. Like she was on every show. Yeah, <laughs> I just absolutely. remember her commercials. I and I couldn't pinpoint it, but I was like, oh, my God, I, I know this girl. Like I've seen her in a million things. Yeah, well, like, she. As yeah, a she, girl, right? Like, yeah, yeah. She plays Bruce Willis's daughter in Last Boy Scout, which is right? the thing that like she sticks out most for me. Where I'm like, oh yeah, that's exactly where I, yeah, like remember her from. But, but yeah, she was in a bunch of different things. Like, like you were saying, John, just kind of all over the place. Like a couple episodes here, a couple episodes yeah. there. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah, she's great. She's, she's good in it. She's fine. Like the thing, everyone in it's fine. You know, they do a good job. But just sometimes, I like the characters are so one note a little bit. Like mm-hmm. you know, she unfortunately Jamie's just just constantly in in terror and screaming yeah. all the time. Yeah. Uh, which sure, uh, you know, <laughs> and then Don, but Donald Pleasance is kind of a rave, raving lunatic. And then, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, it, but you know, I, I like everyone in it. I think it, there's everyone's, you know. Bring, brings their game to it yeah but i just don't think it's like the script is just kind of blah yeah that's and and just blah boring i wonder if they you know had had more than 11 days to get this script done what we could have ended up with maybe maybe it would have maybe a lot of these problems would have gotten fixed they just didn't have the time to do it yeah or they pushed the movie you know and and studios really want films to make their release dates and uh, the last resort is to push that. Yeah. Um, I, like it seems like it's kind of just a serviceable. Mo- it's like functionally, it's it's a fi- it's a film, right? But like you know, there's not just there's just nothing interesting about it. You mm-hmm. know, nothing engaging. That pulls you in. It's kind of it just it's like it's like it's just boring yeah. to me. You know, I, don't I know. mean, if anything, what it does is it puts Michael Myers out there again so people don't forget about him completely. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like, because if they had not, even though this is not well done or a, a really great attempt, like it certainly helped perpetuate Mike Myers as a character. And it got us to a point where, you know, like we had H2O come out, we had Rob Zombie do his take on it we had now the the you know halloween and halloween kills that are coming out and to be honest if it had just ended on part three with the masks and they hadn't have tried to bring him back into the pop culture zeitgeist like Mm -hmm. none of that probably would have happened you know like yeah he, he probably would have just you know faded away and everybody would have been great having fond memories of the first two movies and you know still give credit to to michael myers is you know one of the forefathers of of the slasher flick but you know like i don't think we'd still be seeing movies pumped out today with with you know this story continuing on yeah yeah um 
I I agree that they I guess that's the plus side of it is it's bringing that character back, bring the franchise back to I don't know if it should be there, but that's, you know, trying to compete with Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street specifically. Um, at least getting some more content with Michael Myers. But there's there are a couple other things I, I did like about this movie. Uh, I love that opening credit sequence. I think that's it's one of the best jobs I've seen of setting a tone. That, that eerie Alan Howarth score, who I love Alan Howarth, and I think he also did a great job of stepping in for Carpenter and using the original theme, updating it, but then the rest of the score, I think, is is strong. But, like, just those shots, just those of, of Midwest, you know, whatever, like, um, with the sun going down, and, and all those is just something eerie about the pitchfork just standing there, Um I think that does a really, really good job of like that could have gone in the first movie to me like mm-hmm. that, that, that flowed really nicely with that. And it, you know, it feels like a complete second unit kind of shoot. Um, but I think that was that's honestly like the thing I love most about this movie. When I think about it, I think about the opening credit sequence and, wow. and yeah. the, the tone that was set. It's unfortunate. The rest of the movie doesn't quite match that. Yeah doesn't live up to up, up to that yeah i never thought about that but actually yeah, that is a pretty good <laughs> just like go on youtube an and just watch one. the opening credits again it's like you know whatever yeah. two minutes and yeah. it's like ooh, like this 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 is it we're, we're setting yeah. it up well and then they immediately turn a corner on it, <laughs> they kind of shag shagged it yeah what do you guys uh how do you guys feel shanked about it. the ending shanked it Shank, uh, shanked it yeah shanked it um what part of the ending so the 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 very end the twist surprise ending i actually don't you okay yeah i don't hate that i like that they tried to set that up i think that that's really neat i don't think that uh you know like I, i i don't know that i wish that there was i guess more involved in that because i feel like it like I get it. She's having visions and stuff like that. She does like kind of randomly pick a costume. That's exactly like mm-hmm. Michael's. Is it Michael's costume from yeah. when he was a kid? Right. So, I mean, I guess they do yeah. plant the seeds. So, so I do, but having not knowing that they don't really continue that in, in the next movie, like, it's 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 a bummer right like it's something that i think they could have explored a lot more yeah um and then it just kind of was like oh that's a really cool idea and it's buried yeah does she not go to a sanitarium and disappear forever well they it's really the same thing that happens with the tommy jarvis character in the friday the 13th franchise that the end of part four it's set up as if Corey feldman's version is going to take on the the mantle of of becoming jason Voorhees, and here it's set up as if jamie is going to become the next michael myers and then the next movie it's just like nope that none of that happened they're just still Um, the hero they don't reckon like they don't even reference that ending uh i don't remember next year we'll have to find out out. (laughs) yeah (laughs) but Um, uh yeah it's um i i Again, like an, another 
alternate reality version of this movie to me is about Jamie's PTSD and how deep that goes and how big of a thing that that really can be for people that almost like Michael was never real. You know, Michael is a fiction, like uh, just a figment of her imagination. And then throughout, by the end of the movie, she's just letting that, let that take hold and it's sort of become it. Yeah, absolutely. Like that ties into like, which we never, we never get into in the movies in the novelization. That's like a thousand dollars online um, for the first movie. You, they do get into like, how did Michael Myers, this kid, like what happened to him to make him become like this? And they get into the cult and Sam Hain and all this stuff that, that uh, of what triggered that. Hmm. Um, so if you can, if you want to spend all that money on the novelization of the first book, uh, go for it and we'll share it. I'm sure uh, E.K. Wimmer would, would love to uh, partake in that. You should set up a Patreon account. And, a Patreon uh, just if, to get that. Yeah. See, um, see if we can't get some donations to help with that cost. Yeah. But this, you know, this could have tied, you know, I like how it's the reference back to, you know, Michael's Michael as a child, the unknown turn into uh, this villain. Um, so I, I think there was definitely, that was a strong area to go to. And then they just kind of blew it. Well, cause you'd want, if you're going to make another Halloween movie, you'd rather, you want to have Michael Myers, right? You don't want to have right the, the little girl. Right. Well, they <laughs> did that once without Michael Myers and it wasn't yeah. great. Yeah. Right. Residual effects. Yeah. So, um, well, and I think we might as well talk about it. It's time for box office glory. Because that's gonna that's gonna, I think, affect what happens with that Jamie storyline. So uh okay, movies released October 21st, 1988. It had a five million dollar budget, which is pretty low budget for these uh uh, for a movie like this, uh, it opens number one, uh, has 6.8 million opening weekend. It's uh, up against without a clue, mystic pizza and the Gene Hackman classic bat 21. Uh, it classic. ends up with, yeah. Uh, I love that movie. Bat 21. I, Danny Glover, Gene Hackman. Come on. Gene Hackman. Anytime. Yeah. Oh, uh, 17.7 million domestically. Uh, I, I couldn't quite get a total worldwide, but, um, you know, that's, uh, that's a decent profit for what they put in They're They're sure. tripling their money there. So, um, it ends up, uh, number 55 of 1988, right between above the law and frantic, which is a Harrison Ford film. So, um, yeah, so it's, uh, that's where it is. It box office wise, it ranks currently number six of the Halloween franchise, right between parts two and six. Now, I don't include those Rob Zombie movies. Well, we that's blasphemy. Well, Which, by, I, by the, I, I yeah. know we don't I know we don't count them, but. You have to you have to the the. Um, Dan, Danielle Harris. She who plays she's Jamie a, is a part in, of it. Yep. She's in both of them. Oh, she's in the Rob Zombie movies. Yeah. Yes. Now, who tell her, tell us who she plays in the Rob Zombie movies? Yeah. 
so it's been a while since I've seen those movies, but the character name is um uh was it Annie, Michael's Annie Brackett. Oh, Annie, that's uh Sheriff Brackett's daughter. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So played by Nancy yeah. Loomis in the first movie and briefly in the second. Got it. Got it. So uh yeah so danielle well danielle harris became like uh, another scream queen like she went on to do so many horror movies so many like her imdb is just filled with yeah with horror movies some of them are great if you haven't seen things like hatchet like hatchet 2 like those are kind of good throwbacks to the old slasher flicks um stakeland is another good one that was on netflix for a long time but yeah uh yeah anyway yeah, so she. So I know we don't count them, but she's in them. Yeah, that's true. No. Ties them together still a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Uh, Malcolm McDowell's in those, but uh, those are just, uh, just they're so far removed from what. Uh, I haven't seen them in so long. I don't even yeah. know if I saw the second one, to be honest. I'm not a Rob Zombie uh, film fan. Mm. I liked House of a Thousand Corpses, mm. but that's probably it. Yeah. Devil's Rejects, not as much. Yeah. These ones were just, you know, Halloween is a, I don't know, such a special movie. It's like some of those classics, like you you don't remake them. Like if you want to keep the, the, <laughs> the best thing they did was. I but think, they all get remade. Like, no, I know they do it, but it's like, look what happens. They're, they're nothing like they're not memorable. You know, there's a reason these movies are classic. But okay, here's a question. Like, <laughs> let's take a look. At, we're talking about remakes, right? Like, in the in the world of the remakes of of these big ones, right? Like, like the Halloweens and Friday Thirteenths, and uh, we'll say uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Like, mm-hmm. of those three, like, which of the current remakes or the contemporary remakes are would you do you think is is the best uh well here's the thing the new halloween movie the 2018 one that's not a remake it's no it's, no, no no i'm talking about rob zombies okay. like rob zombies oh, God. contemporary um, versus versus whatever the friday the 13th i would say remake. that for sure because that's that's a remake of part two so it's, it's, yeah exactly it's a yeah. remake of part two it's shat completely on what the original Friday the 13th was didn't even acknowledge it. <laughs> I, right? so, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Friday the 13th. I, I, Cause I think Halloween is awful. The Rob zombie one and uh-huh. the nightmare on Elm street one, which I just watched for the first time is awful. T- terrible. It's yeah. terrible. That was really, yeah, <laughs> it's very bad. I mean, That's because you, I mean, again, like with nightmare on Elm street, like without Robert England, like honestly, like everything hinges, I feel like on him as, as Freddy Krueger. Like, I mean, it just really keeps it all kind of, I, of course, you know, I grew up during the time of the originals. There might be people who think the new ones are great, but I would say that the Rob zombie Halloween is stronger than, than either of those other two. I would, that's what I would say. I, I just, I don't like Rob's, I'm not a fan of Rob Zombie's style. So I hear you. So I, you know, I know there's, he has plenty of fans and followers and they love his movies and good for them. But 
Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not like necessarily a Rob Zombie fan, but I, I prefer that movie. I mean, I don't think any of them are good. Yeah. And this is, this is, yeah, you're, not, you're ranking three things you don't like. Yeah. I mean, I don't <laughs> like, but, which is the best of the shitty things. <laughs> fair enough, David. I mean, I, I understand it's, it's an, it's, it's a, it's an interesting question, but, but is it, but who cares? Like you guys don't like these movies. Like, well, I, I actually, I really do like that Friday the 13th movie that, that, the yeah, but it's not or 10 one. It's not a true remake. Like it's a complete no. like No, it's it's like it's it's kind of like the 2018 Halloween in that it's a new sequel only related to the first one. Uh, so it's wiping everything else clean. All right, fair enough. Um, I guess he gets the mask sooner. I'm I'm assuming yeah. in that one. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, born with it. I I think what I think what they did with uh the 2018 Halloween is the best thing that you could do is that you you're not continue the story it. and you totally yeah. ignore any. Yeah, I agree. Right. I mean, there's I no way they were going to be able to make a movie off. I mean, where do you even start? You know? Well, so yeah, I right. think, I think you go back to the original because, you know, I think for the most part, other than those fans, you know, like general audiences didn't really care for either of the Rob zombie. Mm-hmm movies you know like the the first original carpenter movie and and its sequel still have kind of you know they still carry the most clout out of all of them. oh yeah so, yeah why not you know it, yeah. th- that that movie's got street cred i mean that's like you you watch that in film school yeah we did we did <laughs> we ended um, our our you know history of horror cinema yeah on that on that movie that was like that was the last lesson yeah that was a great class also the success of the new the the 2018 halloween is it it rides the mystique of 40 years of history of you know he's this impending presence like you know laurie strode is completely crazy right like he's he hasn't been around in 40 years and she's preparing that he's this force of nature just based on that one movie well she's loomis right which makes sense but but like she there's almost no evidence that like what like why you know he's not a serious you know he had that one night after after getting released and targeting her and then now she's prepared that like the months like she's done so much preparation to prepare for him to come back inevitably but it's all that doesn't work if you didn't have all these sequels where he perpetually comes back you know sure. he it's it's the it's the lore kind of in the history it's a shortcut to like yeah. make that character make sense. I right. mean, it's awesome. And the thing is, it's awesome. Like I really enjoyed the Halloween movie. Um, and knowing that it's like, it's writing the, it's writing the, the, the history and the, and the legend of, of Michael Myers more so than the fact that like, if the, if those two movies just existed as, without anything in between, no one would like the, no one would, would kind of believe it. Mm-hmm. I, think. I don't know how good it would be. You know? Yeah. That's a great, yeah. great point. Because like, she's just a raving lunatic who's preparing herself. Like, why would you? Why would you think this guy is going to break out in forty years and kill you? Like, right. Yeah. Well, so I think like, she just. So what you're? Oh, go ahead, John. No, just that she, you know she was she knew it was going to happen someday. Not like. Yeah. She didn't know Not when that year, but Not it was just year, like yeah. she's just always yeah. going to be ready because she just had an instinctual awareness of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it works. It's great. Yeah. It's a good take on the character. It's fun. Yeah. Anyway. No, it is. It's cool. 
Um, but Halloween is the most convoluted of all the franchises because there's so many different, it's like a tree, you know, there's so many branches of it. It's like the continuity is like one and two and then one in the 2018 one. But then there's, uh, I guess, one, two, four, five, six. Okay. And, and then there's and then three and three is a totally <laughs> separate thing. But then there's one and seven. And then one and eight, H seven is H two O. Yes, because Jamie Lee Curtis is just back in that with no explanation about anything that happened in the three prior movies. Well, and then she dead, and isn't she supposed to be dead? Like, yeah, but, I mean, she's dead in it from a car crash in in between Halloween's two and four somewhere. Yeah, probably close close to four. Yeah, so she's hmm. so it's got to be one and. Yeah, right. one and eight or one and seven. And and they've rebooted it so many times. And eight which one's is, eight? Eight is Resurrection, uh starring oh, wow. Buster Rhymes. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. That was the one that's like, yeah, and we'll get in to the, it in the, the reality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, D- David's so excited for that one. <laughs> oh, that uh, one's gonna blow your mind. In five years when we get to it. Um, I don't think so. Yeah. No, David's, I don't think so, Tim. oh my god so yeah it's really hard to when you're explaining halloween to someone it's like how do you tie all these movies together well you don't they're just they're kind of like their own deal but uh four five and six are their own trilogy the loomis trilogy that the loomis and jamie (laughs) trilogy that we're we're going down that road now this is is amazing you guys love you guys talk so fondly of this franchise and it's like one and a half movies are good. <laughs> like, that's, that's the funny it. thing about all of them is that uh, when, you, when you look at all of them, the, the, the bad ones greatly outweigh the, the number of bad ones outweigh the number of good ones, but the good ones are so good that you stay committed to it. I mean, the first one is good enough to like, whatever, like it doesn't matter. People can keep throwing darts and people are yeah, going to keep good. trying to go, and see if a dart hits, you know, because the first one was that good. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter how shitty everything else has been yeah. or or mediocre or whatever. Um, well, yeah, it's like when there's proof that something works, studios are going to keep going to it and keep giving it another chance. Even directors, you know, who make one great movie right out of the gate uh, can make the entire rest of their career shitty movies because it's like maybe Look at they, M. Night Shyamalan. Exactly. Boom. There you go. <laughs> there you guys. go. Although I don't think I don't I think he had more than one good movie. Yeah, but, the first couple were okay. But yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. Some Which was funnily enough, we talked about uh Unbreakable back in year one, which you can hear in the archives at www.reconcinimation.com. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Halloween four. <laughs> Michael Myers sure did return, didn't he? He did. He's back. He sure did return. <laughs> That's <laughs> we had a lot to say about it. But, yeah. uh, More than I thought we would. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna rank it real quick. Uh, amongst the four that we've seen, I'm gonna go my personal taste from from favorite to least favorite. One, three, two, four. Same, David. You agree? One, three, two, one, one, three, two, four. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, Brent, you're going three first, right? Oh, yeah. Put it up there. <laughs> uh, I think I'm just going to go numerical order. One, two, three, four. Ah, but okay. three and four are interchangeable, honestly. Fair. <laughs> you know? It's not yeah. like, yeah, you're not like, well, this one's this one's definitely better. It's like, yeah. Eh. Yeah, I mean, I You'd guess. You'd rather never see them again. So it's like. I, really, yeah. I re- would rather not watch either one of them again. Yeah. Um, I appreciate four because it is trying to bring Michael Myers back, but it did such a crappy job that it's like hard to give it yes. the credit. It's not the same. And then you get your, your ending with uh, that. That's uh, mirrors. One of the Frankenstein movies. Um, I can't remember if it was house of Frankenstein or one where you know, he basically get, gets, you know, knocked down into this, uh, this old oh, yeah. mine shaft and then yeah. crawls out. And as and Loomis is like, he's movie. dead and buried in hell where he should be like, you don't want to check that out. Yeah. Man? You don't like, all this be- shit's going on. You don't want to just look down there and make sure you don't want to do the horror movie trope where you walk over and nudge the body. You don't want to do that. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll see uh, where this franchise goes next. And, and uh, we're going to have a good time doing it, even if, whether the movie's great or not, we have a good time together going through all these films. So uh, that's a fact. Yeah. And we had a great time this Shocktober at Reconsidimation. Again, check some of those films out in the archives. Uh, we had a lot of special guests this month. And uh, this, this was our first time without a, a special guest in like four episodes crazy right it was like i think the fog was the last one that was just us and then we had yeah uh we had john kazempel that we had uh we had uh blake and then we had uh ek back so the good news the good news is it's like riding a bike felt like felt we like we just it. fell right back into it fellas <laughs> yeah we're riding that that uh not a tricycle but a three-seater bike all through the lot again just that right. so the three yeah. amigos <laughs> uh but yeah we've got a a very special uh, lineup coming this november uh stay tuned it's gonna be a lot of fun with an actor we've never had on the show before uh and it's a month dedicated to this person this person's done a lot of movies a lot of movies yeah and we're uh gonna take a look up i take it back there was one (laughs) i just recalled that trying to think anyway we'll see it's gonna be a special month we're gonna have a lot of fun uh as we head towards thanksgiving the holiday seasons are coming and and uh christmas is around the corner david this week you you got to get these decorate these spooky decorations down and and get the uh, turkeys up. Yeah. Well, the live turkey pen will be open shortly. Nice. You're just going um, to hang live turkeys around uh, all over. I'll fly around and, yeah. you know, they're, they're, I'm not going to hang live turkeys. That sounds, that sounds cool. <laughs> that sounds so cool, man. <laughs> you really got to get out of these horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> but I've been, it's going to be hard to round up all the black cats I've released on the lot, though. Every year it's a trouble. That's the hardest part. Yeah. The hardest part is hunting, hunting the, safe capture hunting safe capture hunting yes yeah the black cats i store them in one of the studio the stages so they they just live on the stage for for a year stage three it's just it's catville yeah. it's cat cat, yeah. cat, yep. cat town cat town so until <laughs> someone wants to rent that space out that's where i'm keeping the cat yeah exactly we got to use it for something yeah all it's right guys huge catropolis <laughs> yeah. 
so yeah, check us out on social media where Reconsummation Podcast on Instagram, uh, Twitter, that other uh, site as well that people use sometimes. It's kind of famous, um, but you can check out our archives at reconsideration.com. Uh, don't forget to give us a rating and a review. It always helps uh, boost the uh, boost the show. Uh, and don't forget to uh, check out some of our friends and thank you to them. Uh, Jay Blake Fischera, check out Scored to Death, the podcast and the books, which you can uh, get off Amazon. Uh, E.K. Wimmer, thank you for the theme music and check out his podcast, Laser Graves. And thanks to our friend Curtis for the poster as usual. It's always, always fun to see those. So I hope you have a happy Halloween. It's coming up in just a few days. So uh, don't go too crazy. Be, be nice to all the, the trick-or-treaters out there. Brent, that's directed at no. you. No, <laughs> I refuse. I've got my hot soup ready. Hot soup, yeah. Hot soup <laughs> to the <laughs> face. To the face for all the pranksters out there. Just don't toss it Trick or treat. You have a ladle and you just splash it at their faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. I'll make them regret throwing TP on, on my bushes and trees. <laughs> Old man Munchak is at it my, again. Egg in my door. <laughs> Throw eggs in my door. Oh, God. All right. Well, you have a, have a, a happy and safe Halloween, and we'll see you guys next time on Reconsidimation. Take care. Bye now. <laughs>